saw all things are made new. So I'm a new creature. We've heard that. A lot of people will say that in this Bible belt or around you. I'm a new creature in Christ. That's right. You are. Look at the verses around this. It says, uh, he says uh, in verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah, these big words. I tell you, these big words, are, they're just stuff. Uh, I mean, they're important, but they don't mean anything to me as an Alabama person, okay? I mean, just I'm from Alabama. My English teacher didn't spend much time on reconcile. But you know what? I have heard the word reconcile. If I was to use reconcile in a sentence, what would I use it for? Well, the first thing I think of, being from Alabama, is if I had it out with a friend. Everything's going to reconcile. Well, guess what? That's what this word means. It's not a religious friendship. Remember, Jesus took time that night. He took off his robe that he had, just had a towel around himself, and went around and actually, literally washed the disciples' feet. Peter got so, he said, you're not going to wash my feet. And see, that's kind of the way we feel. So you're not going to answer my prayers, God. You'll answer my prayers when I feel like it's okay because I am just not right right now. Remember one time Jesus borrowed Peter's boat. Remember that? Uh, Peter said, uh, uh, or Jesus said, uh, uh, Peter, can I use your boat? And uh, this is in Luke's Gospel, chapter uh, 7, I think it is. I think I'll get it right. But anyway, uh, he pushed it away from land a little bit, and Jesus got in that boat, and he talked, okay? Didn't he tell us what he talked? The next verse says that after Jesus quit preaching, this was a very short message. I mean, it didn't have anything to do with being spiritual, you would think, but it actually did. Uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, hey, get your nets out and throw out, let's launch out for a catch, is what he said. And so uh, Peter said, well, we fished all night, didn't catch anything, but hey, at your word, I'll do it. So Peter does that, and of course, they enclosed so much fish that their nets began to break. And they had to call for their partners in the other boats to come over there. And this was not a 12-foot John boat. These were big boats, okay? And uh, uh, But anyway, the first thing Peter said was, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful and wicked man. Well, Jesus didn't even hear that. Don't hear that. He didn't even listen to that. He said, from now on, you'll catch men. And the Bible says Peter and James and John and Andrew, they left their boats right then and followed Jesus. And uh, I'll tell you, we don't follow Jesus today because we go broke. Jesus actually takes care of us. He really does. So anyway, uh, this word here says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us uh, to uh, himself. Uh, notice the word to himself. I'm going to read this out of the Living Bible, and uh, it'll jump off the page for us here. It'll help us. It actually says the same thing, but uh, it'll help us with that word reconcile. Oh, let me get to it here. Uh, okay. Let's see. Okay. Uh, here we go. Okay. Um, all th He says in verse, it's, it's verse 18, and all these things, are from God, who hath brought us back to himself through what Christ Jesus did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. Uh, for God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. We are Christian ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. 
We beg you, as though Christ himself were pleading with you, receive the love he offers and be reconciled to God. Praise the Lord. For God took the sinless Christ and poured uh, into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. In other words, he was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now, go with me. Let's go to, uh, uh, if you will, go forward, go to the right, and let's go to Philippians. It'll be about four books. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And in Philippians chapter 4, start over here at verse 4. And in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. A lot of times we think the Lord's at hand because he's inspecting us. We're like, oh my goodness, you know. No, uh uh-uh. Let's keep reading here. He said to rejoice. I mean, it's very difficult for me to rejoice in Jesus when I'm thinking, what's he going to do to me next? I've got enough troubles as it is. And see, we as Americans, we believe this. We have to correct it because it's not right. If I ask God for a coffee pot, man, my car's going to break down. And we laugh, ha, ha. But we really believe that. And we have to go, wait a minute. That is totally unscriptural. Matter of fact, Jesus one time described it in Matthew chapter 7. He said, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh receiveth, everyone that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. I mean, he laid the groundwork. Ask, and it shall be given. He didn't say ask, and eh, you'll get a response, probably not one you like. We believe that stuff. We have to correct that. Jesus goes on and says in Matthew chapter 7, and he says, um, Which of you, having a son, and your son asks for uh, an egg, will you give him a scorpion? You know, I mean, change the request. But we have people that write books about that. And the reason they do is because they're looking back over their life, they'll say, well, you know, I was really wanting something and it didn't happen. And then they figure out, well, because I mean, they never spend time to realize that I need to be like that widow woman in Luke chapter 18 and stand there and say, and just say, no, to receive in a no. You've got to stand there and say, I'm not ever giving up. I'm going to get what I asked for. Can you imagine how a mother or a father may feel about their child who may get off into, and I know at Restoration Night tonight, Restoration Ranch tonight is the young people. We go to that place, you know, what if uh, well, they, all these people will have parents? And I wonder how many of them realize that their son or their daughter has had trouble with crack or, or uh or cocaine, or what, or meth, or whatever it is. And what if they believe that, well, you know, maybe this is somehow God's trying to teach me something or whatever. No, don't ever give up. And I know parents wouldn't do that, you know. But a lot of times we'll think that, well, you just never know, you know. Just I, I don't understand why things are... No, look, here's the groundwork. Rejoice in the Lord. Lord, I can't get happy right now because i got too many troubles. Well, you qualify. The Lord says, rejoice in the Lord. What is it you need? There's many people that came to the Lord in the Bible, and they were sorry. They were hurting, and God knew what it was because they said so, and you've got example after example. Hezekiah was one of them. He heard, and he was an older fellow. He was a king, and his best preacher comes up and says, I'm sorry, but God told me this morning you're going to die. But he wanted to give you a little heads up so you could write your will out. And tell everybody, because you ain't got but probably a couple of days. Hezekiah completely flipped out. And he goes to the wall, and he just starts weeping. 
What's he crying about? Well, he's communicating with God. I, I don't want to go just yet. And if you read the story for yourself, it was Isaiah that told him this. Anyway, before Isaiah could get out the door, God already spoke to him and said, I've changed things. Go back in there and tell him he's got 15 years. 15 years? That's like mom talking about this fellow that worked for Billy Graham. He's already 100. 103, whatever. Mercy. What, you've got to quit thinking, well, I've made it to 70. I guess that's about it or whatever. Or, or I've made it this far. Or see, even my, I'm 51, but, you know, what about a heart attack, you know? I've made it this far, you know. God's going to take care of us, praise the Lord. The Scripture tells us in Psalm 91, with long life will he satisfy us. I mean, be satisfied. Quit thinking something around the corner is going to get me, you know. Yeah, but I heard. Well, I know I've heard a lot of things too, but I want to keep hearing this. Because there's things out there that make you sad. And so he says, rejoice in the Lord always in all directions. I'm happy about everything except when it comes down to my health. <laughs> well, you got to start rejoicing there. Well, how can I rejoice? Let's keep reading. He says, the Lord is at hand. I need a screwdriver. Oh, okay. The Lord is at hand. I need healing. The Lord is at hand. Why would we think that Jesus has completely dropped out of the healing business? David never saw Jesus, but he claimed he did. He said, the Lord is at my right hand. The Lord is before me. He is at my right hand that I should not be moved. He wrote one of the Psalms, like Psalm 18, I think, somewhere. David also said, you know what? We got benefits. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that's within me, bless his holy name. And forget not all his benefits. See, that's where the struggle is. Like that song we were looking at, let him ask in faith. You've got to not forget his benefits. And that's moment by moment. See, yesterday is dead and gone. But today, i got to remind myself, no matter what I'm faced with, no matter what I see on TV, or, you know, tell your doctor about this or whatever. I feel that too, you know, whatever. Or it doesn't matter. Or I'm just feeling something new here. Remind yourself that you have a benefit. How can I, you know, Paul, Paul actually referenced himself at this age. He said, he called himself Paul the aged, meaning he was old. And, but anyway, David had said, who forgives, here's the benefits, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. You talk about health care plan, boy, that's it. And not only health care, but praise the Lord, it takes care of you financially. It's just fantastic. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. In other words, let other people see this. Why are you so happy, Richard? Let me tell you. Because, yeah, Richard, I know this is going on and that's going on. I, I came here to help you, but it don't look like you need any of my help. You're happy. And you'll say, well, here's why. Because this book is true. Well, what's in this book? Well, let me tell you. He told me to be happy. I'll tell you why. Verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Let's cut that word in two. Let's go N-O and slice it right there and put T-H-I-N-G. For no thing. I mean, you have got to single these things out. Remember that song we sang? I, and this is another one of those songs that, I mean, why did Jesus keep bringing this one back to me? You know, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. See, when I went to preacher school, got a degree, they did not teach me that song. Boy, I wish they had. Well, if I was a professor, we'd be number one on the list. 
starting class today, I want you to never forget that your founding fathers in the Yamayama Methodist or the Be or the Yamayama Baptist Church or whatever Presbyterian, we all sang this same song. And this fellow must have known something, you know. And uh, and I pity you, young preachers, if you quit praying about your family and your money and your whatever it is and your church. You are just ruining your church because Jesus will take care of you. Y'all got that straight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now let's study about Nebuchadnezzar a little bit. But that's what happens. We get to, we get so wrapped up in the, uh, Egypt and the Israelites coming out of Egypt and the giant or whatever and all this kind of crazy stuff. And, and we don't take time to realize that God will take care of ourselves if we just ask him. So notice he didn't say, well, rejoicing, you got nothing to do with it. It's okay to be sad. You didn't say that here as a job. You can't get on the arsenal without stopping and letting them see your identification. Well, you're not going to get anywhere here with the Lord if we, if we stop what he says do here right here. This is just an expression of faith, and it's faith is what opens things up for the kingdom of God to be operating in your life. you got friends there beside you. They're called angels, and they're looking at you. Let's see if Richard believes. Yeah, he's believing. Yeah, me. He's rejoicing. And they have permission to help me in this crooked world down here as long as I'm using my faith. It's like a scuba diver. As long as he takes his tank down below the water, he's fine. You leave that tank up there, forget it. The tank is your faith. You've got to use your faith. All right, so anyway, he says, be careful for nothing. What am I supposed to do? But in everything by prayer. I know around here it's easy. Some other people think that maybe the preacher is supposed to pray for them. Man, I, was, <laughs> I, mean, I pray for everybody. You, you don't want to rely on me to pray for you, you know. I mean, you don't. How many times have you told somebody on the phone and you actually forgot? I know I have. Oh, yeah, I've been praying for you. Yeah, let me pray up. I forgot about it. You don't want that to happen. You don't need to rely on anybody else. You can pray. So he says, in everything by prayer and supplication, that just means definite request. Let your request be made known unto God. Notice he didn't say, you should not be bothering God with your problems. You need to just, you need to think about poor folks in America, poor folks in other countries, and a possible war we may have with Iran. You need to be worried about our military. You know, after all, you know, your, your son-in-law's in the military. He may get called up. Yes, I can worry about those things. Those things come up, but guess what? In everything by prayer, he said, let your requests be made known unto God. Then look what he says in verse 7. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It will, now, I'm, I'm a little busy if you ask me. I mean, man, I mean, when I got troubles on me, you know, on the outside, I can fool everybody. I get by myself in my car, I'm like, how am I ever going to get this done? And when the phone rings, you jump. What else, you know? <laughs> what else is it, you know? Melody's texting me on the way home, and the phone rings. She's on the roadside. You just think that, you know. Dustin, get a phone call, and I had before. He's in the emergency room. Oh, no, phone rings again. You've got to trust the Lord. You will be one miserable person. I mean, would you do this to your children? Would you secretly fake them out and call them, hey, this is Dad, I'm in the emergency room, and just really startle my daughters or startle my son. Uh, well, uh, listen, uh, son, uh, um, I, uh, you know, 
your engine's blown in your car. I mean, you wouldn't do that. Well, God's not doing any of these things to you either. But he's provided us a safety net, a way to get out of all our troubles if we will but just call him. And that's what he's saying do here. He says, in the peace of God that passes all understanding, it'll keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He gives a list in verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, he says, whatsoever and in all these, whatsoever are lovely, whatsoever the good report, the any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. Hmm. Yeah, but Lord, I, 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 need, to, I need to brace myself for the trouble that's fixing to happen. That's his whole point. You've got angels in camp to back you. They are working constantly. They are there to help you. This is the easiest ride you will ever be on in your life. Your trouble is, and the same trouble I have in my life, and let's go to Matthew chapter 11, is to use your faith. You've got to calm down and say, I have prayed. If you have not prayed, then pray. And then remind yourself the rest of the day, I prayed about that this morning. I believe Jesus is helping me. Now go to Matthew chapter 11. Look at the very last uh, two, ver three verses. Matthew chapter 11. Now let's act like we have never heard this because when I started, it would be like the 23rd Psalm. We've all heard this. But act like we have never heard this. Act like Jesus walked through the door and said, Richard, sit down. You're doing a great job. You're saying what I said. But listen, I got something I want to tell everybody right now. Man, I'd sit down, of course. Because I want to be saying what he said. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to feel guilty if I walk out of here and all I did was tell you what I think about the Bible. This is what I think. No, this, this, this stuff works. So here's what Jesus says. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, let's translate that the way sometimes we think the Bible is the only thing the Bible talks about. So Jesus is actually only saying, all you that don't know me, you're all going to burn in hell. So come to me, and you'll not burn in hell. You'll go to heaven. No, that's not what he's talking about. He covers all that already. Jesus is going to die on the cross at this point, and he's going to pay the price, and he just simply says, whosoever believeth in me should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's got you covered. He's got you covered. Well, what's this all about? Well, if you've read Matthew, before you even get to Matthew chapter 11, Simon's wife's mother was sick with a, was sick with a fever, there was a Gentile colonel, or maybe he was just a captain in the army. He had a paralyzed servant boy. He got healed. Uh, other people in the whole town showed up because Jesus was healing. There was a paralyzed guy that they ripped up Jesus' roof and lowered him in there. Jesus healed him. And all kinds of human trouble. I mean, just difficulty. And so is it any wonder Jesus says, let me tell you something. You come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he's not talking about, oh, I'm a brick mason. It really works my hands. <laughs> he's describing life's problems here. Jesus says, I will give you rest. That's the reason the guy wrote that song. He said, hey, I've been reading my Bible. I've been acting like it's so. This stuff works. we got to start singing. Hmm. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. What else? Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry, oh, yeah, everything that God brings. And then he got some music together and said, man, that's good stuff, you know. You know. It is good stuff. Look at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Notice this. And learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart. In other words, he's there for you. And you shall find rest for your souls. Now, Jesus nowhere in here said, would you quit worrying about your kids? 
Life is not made up about you worrying about your kids. He never said that. Because let me say something. If you're human, it's because you worry about your kids. And you're human because you worry about yourself, too, you know. And you're human because you realize you're, 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 you can't pay your bills or there's some sort of financial problem or whatever. And you realize because maybe a people problem or whatever, and you're like, I don't know how I'm ever going to fix this. This is, or whatever your problem is, it doesn't make any difference. You'll find rest for your souls. Jesus said it this way. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And it'll take care of itself. And you wonder, how can it all take care of itself? Because you're a family member. You're actually part of royalty. You belong to God Almighty. You're his child. See, if you've not re remembered this, God created the heavens and the earth. Remember that? Very detailed. How he created all the world and everything. He hung the moon and the stars. I mean, Genesis chapter 1. He did this, 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 this. Created all the animals. And the final thing he created... In other words, why he decorated the room for a birthday. Well, you know why I decorated it. It's because it's Richard's birthday. Well, we miss it sometimes. We feel like we belong to the earth. No, we belong to God. God said, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. And he quit it all after he made man. He gave man all this beautiful stuff. Praise the Lord. There was a reason for that. Because he loves us. Verse 30 for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, we, 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 we've walked out and said, man, it's so hard to live for Jesus. It's so hard to whatever. And that's completely wrong. It's completely wrong. One last place. Let's go to Psalm 34. We'll stop right here. You may have heard me mention Psalm 34 several times. And, well, I just want us to get it. Praise God. I love it. Psalm 34 is uh, no less important than any other psalm. And as you read the psalms, you're going to find out, you know, <laughs> Psalm 34 is a lot like 37. It's a lot like the 23rd. It's a lot, that's because they all say the same thing. Jesus is here to help you. But I want you to think about something. This is King David as we read a piece of this. He has no way to grab hold of Jesus, just like you and I don't. We don't get to see Jesus. The only Jesus we see is written in these pages right here. You know, we may have a cross, you know, I know Sue's got a cross on, I got a cross up here, and other you may have a cross somewhere, and we, we think about Jesus, praise the Lord, you know, but really, we don't see him, you know. How do we know these things? Well, I want to show you, somebody back in, this was around 700 B.C., somewhere around there, seven, 800 years before Jesus even showed up. Look what happened. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord, and I'm going to add who I can't see. At all times, <laughs> yeah, like when I don't feel good. Well, that's what he was saying. Why? Why would you do it when you don't feel good? Because he's going to make you feel good. Not that I feel better in my heart. Jesus will help me. Watch David cry about this. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Uh, the, uh, the, the Living Bible actually, I want to read this thing. The Living Bible actually says, others that know what I'm talking about, they will join in the chorus. I mean, they will. They're like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's see. Uh, look at verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord 
with me. Let us exalt his name together. Now, he's not like, well, uh, it's time to go to church and it's time to worship. I know you're probably busy doing something else, but you got to do this to make it look like you're part of the choir. No, this is like, this is so important. When he says exalt and magnify, he's just saying, my problem is screaming in my ear, but I'm going to begin to praise God. I'm going to make this praising the Lord so much greater. The Lord is greater, not just my voice, but I'm going to think about how much greater God is compared to my problem that is trying to gnaw at me. Verse 4, here's why. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. We could quit right there, and that's enough. Because that's what we need to get. I sought the Lord. I stopped. I pulled off the road, turned the car off, and I said, Lord, I've had enough. I need your help with something right now. In the name of Jesus, I ask you to help me on this problem, whatever it is. Get me out of trouble. You told me in Psalm 34 that you would do this, and I want to thank you for it in Jesus' name. And that's all you got to do. Praise the Lord. And then open your eyes and start looking. Well, Richard, you don't expect God's going to. Yes, start looking. That's your faith. And tell the Lord. You know, the psalmist would say, uh, tap, tap, tap. Where are you, God? I know you better than to leave me out here. But we as Americans, we like to say, well, I don't want to put God in the corner now. I don't want to put God on the spot. And that is messing us up. We have got to put our hands on our hips and look for God. He is supposed to be there, and he will be there. He's not bashful. He said to tell the, uh, Joshua, when Joshua, when Moses died, here they are, the Israelites, they're ready to go to the promised land. Jericho's over there. And Joshua told the priest, he said, okay, let's go. And, and nothing was happening yet. And they were like, how are we going to get across this water? It wasn't going to happen until the priests stuck their foot in the water. As soon as their feet hit the water, the River Jordan split. we got to make a move. Notice verse 5. They looked unto him and they were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. In other words, they were jumping up and down excited. Praise the Lord. This poor man cried. Now, he's a king. But as a king, I don't care how well you are off today, you still have financial difficulty come knocking on you. And don't forget to ask the Lord to help you. Have y'all seen that beautiful picture of a businessman? There's a couple of businessmen there. And then Jesus is standing in the room with them. That's a great picture. That fellow knew that. You know, it's a great picture. Jesus wearing his, what we think Jesus wore, his robe, whatever. Everybody else is wearing suits and ties. And Jesus is standing right there. You know? I mean, hey. David called himself a poor man. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Now, that's twice he said, all my fears, all my troubles. Look at verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them, that's us, that fear him, and delivereth them. He didn't say he'd take you to heaven. We already know we're going to heaven. He's talking about our little problems that face us, that make us, when we're unhappy. I mean, Bob and I are good friends and whatever, but I tell you what, <laughs> he don't want to talk to me if he's under pressure about stuff. Ah, uh, Rich, I'll call you later. And I don't want to talk to him if I'm under pressure about stuff. But guess what? Because we've got Jesus, we get to deflect all that pressure. Phil and I talk about it. You know, It's so wonderful to know that Jesus will take care of all your troubles. He really will. Well, real quickly, he says, look at verse 8, an invitation. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he... And the blessed is the man that trusteth in him. If I will but trust that he will get me out of trouble, he'll get me out of trouble. He didn't say, well, I hope God's as nice to you as he is to me. I mean, David could have said that. I guess I got all the goodies and you didn't. I got all the marbles and you don't. Too bad. I guess it's because God thinks I'm some super guy. No, that's not in here. 
he builds the case and says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. There is no want. He says there is no Christian that is lacking anything if they will but trust him. There's not a, I mean, so why would I want to single myself out and say, well, the Lord will be late for me today. No, he's going to be perfectly on time. Praise God. He's going to help me right now. He will. Verse 10, we'll stop right here. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. That's because you got it. Praise the Lord. God will get it for you. Father, we thank you for your word today. We appreciate your